0: Like, I don't know, like, Halloween was kind of freaky and stuff. Like, we just, I don't know. There's, like, some stuff with, they're really, really into black magic and, like, bringing people from the dead and, like, casting spells on people and voodoo. and So you just have to be careful, like, I guess not to get on people's bad sides in a way. Like, we didn't want to be in a room alone. We always kind of felt a little anxious there. And there were two bathrooms. And so there was one bathroom in the bedroom, and it was this I'm telling you, the creepiest little bathroom you'll ever see. What is up, you brave souls, and welcome to a very special episode of the Adversary Podcast. It is that time of the year, where everyone actually wants to be scared in some form or another, which just so happens to be when the series reaches its peak relevance. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes of Season 1, I would recommend that you check those out as well, but if you're just here for the Halloween special, I promise I'll make it worth your while. We have been off for a little over a month now, and I've been doing my very best to acquire more true stories about the supernatural. In the course of my searching, I came across an account that I knew the moment I heard it needed to be shared before October 31st. I had always planned on producing something this month, but until a few weeks ago, I had no idea what I was going to do. Most of the stories that have come up during my interviews since the close of season 1 have just been retreads of that season's material. I've heard the same stories over and over again from different people in different places, which makes a good case for their authenticity, but makes for boring and repetitive episodes. I knew I needed something fresh for this special, something that could stand on its own. And like I said a minute ago, I did eventually find it when I spoke to a former sister missionary who had served in the Jamaica-Kingston mission. Although Jamaica is in its name, the mission also includes NASA Bahamas, Freeport Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, and the Cayman Islands, in addition to Jamaica itself. When she told me this, I thought, oh, so you didn't go on a mission, you went on vacation. It sounded to me like a heck of a deal. I've been to the Caribbean before, and let me tell you, when I was there, I did not mind. But, of course, missions are not leisurely excursions by any means, and they can be far from luxurious. Sure, maybe you're on the beach all day, but the trade-off usually is you sleep in a shack. It's a general rule that the more exotic your mission is, the more bucket showers you're probably taking. The sister I spoke to served half of her mission in the Bahamas, and the other half in Jamaica. Now, if you were going to take a guess as to which place this girl experienced more creepy stuff, you'd probably say Jamaica just like I did, for no reason other than it doesn't get as many cruise ships. But it turns out that the Bahamas is in fact the creepier destination, at least according to this girl. Now, before we get into that, it's important to point out that she loved her mission. All missionaries love their missions. I have yet to talk to a single missionary that had anything less than perfect adoration for his or her mission, and I'm in the hundreds at this point. That being said, yes, missionaries have scary and even traumatic experiences sometimes. A few months ago, a sister in Houston was stabbed during the night by an intruder. I've heard more stories than I can count of missionaries being stalked, robbed, hit by cars, cussed out, and witnesses to extreme violence. But those fade out in favor of the good times. Many people I talk to don't really want to discuss the bad, because missions are 99% joyous experiences that you can't have anywhere else. And by the way, the sister who was stabbed plans on returning to Houston to finish her mission. So that's my point. But, this podcast wouldn't, and couldn't, exist without some of those 1% moments. This girl told me that her mission was relatively uneventful until she was transferred to the NASA Bahamas. Now the way things work in this mission is that usually only one companionship will cover an entire island. Kind of a big responsibility and also a little bit isolating. This girl and two other sisters formed a trio, with one of the sisters actually being a native Haitian. This turned out to be a huge advantage for the companionship because a large percentage of the people in the NASA Bahamas speak Creole, which the Haitian sisters spoke and the other two didn't. But that's where the pros stopped. The list of cons started with the living arrangements. Upon arriving at their new home for the first time, they quickly discovered it was no Airbnb. It was a skinny, two-story building surrounded by a shell of sketchy scaffolding that didn't appear to be in use. To the rear of the house was a spooky little forest area. The inside wasn't much better. In fact, it was worse. The power went out all the time, and there was this strange kind of hobbit hole thing in one of the walls. To top it all off, the landlord was creepy too. Everyone always felt a little anxious in that house, and no one really wanted to be in any of the rooms alone at any time. The house had two bathrooms but one of them was practically unusable. Due to the slanting of the roof, the ceiling got lower and lower as you went from the sink to the toilet, necessitating a folding position if you wanted to sit on the can. A box shower was also tucked into the room somehow, but light from the bulb above the sink couldn't reach it, so it was pitch black in there. The sister I was speaking to and her companion from Utah did not use that bathroom. The girl showered in there on the first night and said of the experience, never again. I'm using the other bathroom from now on. She just felt horrible the whole time she was in there. So two of the sisters switched to the other bathroom. The Haitian companion, on the other hand, said of the creepy bathroom, Oh, I like this one. I'll use this as my bathroom. So the girl I was on the phone with would shower first at night, and then the Haitian and the sister from Utah would shower next in the separate bathrooms. The normal bathroom was attached to the study room, while the creepy bathroom was actually in the bedroom, where all the sisters slept. So after the first sister got out of the shower, she'd go to the bedroom to get dressed at the same time the Haitian sister was showering in the creepy bathroom. Now this is where the story takes a turn. Every day, while the sister was getting dressed, she'd hear a voice coming from behind the bathroom door. At first, she thought it was just her Haitian companion practicing her English out loud in the shower. But as she listened more carefully, She realized it wasn't English. Maybe it's Creole then, she thought, but to make matters eerie, the voice didn't sound like her companion at all. What's more, as the sister learned Creole, she discovered that the language wasn't Creole either, so she was left wondering, what the heck is that language she's speaking? After a few weeks of this, the girl brought it up with her companion from Utah and asked, hey, do you ever hear the Haitian sister in the bathroom? And the Utah sister said, yeah, like, when she talks to herself? And the other sister was like, yeah, but it doesn't like... The Utah sister finished her sentence, but it doesn't sound like her. Yeah, it's kind of weird. The first sister was relieved she wasn't the only one to notice, but they still hadn't figured out what was going on. So one day, as all three missionaries were driving to the church building, one of them turned and asked the Haitian companion, hey, do you talk to yourself in the shower? The sister laughed and replied, why would I do that? The first sister asked, okay, well, do you sing in the shower? No. Do you practice English in the shower? No. Do you, like, pray in the shower? And the Haitian sister said, no, I don't, like, open my mouth at all in the shower. Now the other two sisters were a little freaked out. If the voice didn't belong to the Haitian sister, then who, or what, was speaking? The next day, the missionaries were going about their routine, and the sister was getting ready while the Haitian showered. Again, the girl heard the same voice coming from the bathroom. The Haitian sister hadn't believed her companions when they talked about the voice. Surely I would have heard it too, she said. Now was the sister's chance to gather some evidence so she could show the Haitian sister what they were talking about. As the voice started, the sister ran and grabbed her camera. But as soon as she hit the record button, the voice stopped. She killed the recording, and once she turned the camera off, the voice returned. The sisters freaked. It was now time to call the elders. They got in touch with the elders that used to live in that very same house, and the elders said, Seriously, there is such a horrible feeling in there. The sisters tried to dedicate the place, but it still had bad vibes. Eventually, they told the Haitian sister that maybe she should stop showering in that bathroom and use the other one. But she protested, saying, No, you can't show a duppy that you're scared of it. I'm not scared of no duppy. At this point in the story, I interjected and asked, Wait, what is a duppy? The girl told me that in Jamaica, spirits are referred to as Duppy, with the singular and plural being the same word, like deer. Wanting to do a little more research, I fell into the same trap as I did with the Kukui and executed a Google search. Google being Google likes to show images even if you didn't ask for images, and the artistic depictions of Duppy were not kind on my mind. I did make it to Wikipedia though, and here is what I read. Duppy are generally regarded as malevolent spirits. The Rolling Calf, a scary creature said to have chains around its body, Three-Footed Horse, and Old Hig, or Hugh, are examples of the more malicious spirits. Of course, that last part's really all just folklore, but the malevolent spirit part could be more or less accurate. Some elders came to the island during the next Zone conference, followed by the mission president, who took one look at the gaping hole in the ceiling and said, Okay, we're moving you somewhere else. The sisters' next place was much more habitable, and from then on, they didn't have any problems. Sometime later, two sisters serving in Jamaica were having house troubles as well. The place they lived in apparently had a reputation in the mission, according to the girl on the phone, and not a good reputation. Rumored to be haunted, the girl said she dreaded ever having to live there. Luckily, she never had to, but these two other sisters weren't as lucky. One night, in this house, in the middle of the night, one of the sisters got up to use the bathroom. Unlike the other house, the bathroom wasn't connected to the bedroom, so she had to walk out into the hall to get to it. In the brief moment she was in the hall, something in the living room caught her eye. She looked closer, peering through the darkness, and saw a woman crouching in the corner of the living room. Completely abandoning her original plan, she turned and went right back into the bedroom. The next morning, while exercising with her companion, she shared what had happened that night. The companion, who had also gotten up to use the bathroom at some point, responded, Sister, I saw it too. I discovered while writing this script, almost on accident, that all these stories in some way involve a bathroom. The sisters in the first account had something strange in theirs, while the sisters in the second one encountered something unexpected on their way to the loo. If you were to rank the rooms in any house based on stereotypical scariness, what would you put at number one? Probably not the bathroom, and maybe not the bedroom either. The basement is a good contender, and same with the attic. But classically, one room takes the cake. The closet. There's just something about closets that makes children and (laughs) even adults at times uncomfortable at night. Monsters, Inc. certainly didn't do closets any favors, that's for sure. But the idea of a monster in your closet predates Pixar. As does the horrifying image of a closet door creaking as it opens on its own. To reveal something inside. Two sisters in Ventura, California had gotten back to their apartment late one night and were getting ready for bed. One of the girls went into the bathroom, there it is, to shower, while the other one was folding some clothes in the bedroom. When the sister came out of the bathroom, she noticed that her companion was acting really... off. They had been companions for a while and knew each other well, so she could tell when something wasn't right. So she asked her companion, hey, are you doing all right? The companion responded, yeah, I'm fine. The sister asked, is there something wrong? The cop said, oh, it's nothing. The sister wouldn't take that for an answer. She said, I know something's up. Just tell me, it's fine. And with that prompting, the companion told the sister what had happened while the sister was in the bathroom. Alone in the bedroom, the sister was focused more or less on folding clothes when out of the corner of her eye she saw something move. Or at least she thought she did. She turned her head and stared at where the movement had come from. The closet. The closet was not the traditional walk-in variety with a normal door, but a sliding door closet that was permanently open because the door was stuck and couldn't close. She could have sworn one of the shirts hanging in there had just moved by itself. The window was closed, though, and the air conditioning was off, so it couldn't have been a breeze, but it could have been nothing, too. Just as she thought she'd only imagined it, it happened again. This time, she was looking at the closet and saw it. The sleeve of one of the sister's shirts swayed back and forth, ever so slightly. The companion got closer to the closet. The sleeve continued to sway. What was causing it to move? And then she watched as a hand began to come out of the sleeve. It was black, with long fingers and long nails. The companion was frozen, paralyzed by fear. The hand was all the way out now. Just as the companion got a hold of herself and realized this was happening for real, the bathroom door opened and the hand disappeared. Thank you all for listening, and have a happy Halloween. The Adversary Podcast is hosted by me, Ethan Lars. Thank you again to all those who provided the stories for this episode.